Hello, hello, and welcome to Temple of the Falls Pod, where decks are not optimized, but our plays sure as heck are fun. I'm Andy. I'm Bruce. It's about that time again. It's about that time we do a Temple's Treasures. Yes. We're halfway through the season, so that means uh, we got a little show we like to call Temple's Treasures, uh, where we highlight underused, underutilized, older cards. Uh, because, I mean, if they're underused, newer cards... Maybe they just, uh, I don't know, haven't haven't seen it yet. But we, we each pick some cards, bring it to the table, talk about them. That's it. Uh, got some rules. Mm-hmm. Rules in place for this. One, in less than 2,000 decks on EDATrek.com. Right. Uh, because then you really know. They're, they're little niche cards. That's right. And two, what was the second one? Pre-eighth. Right, first printed before eighth edition. Yes. Uh, so these are older cards. We're talking about old bordered beauties that uh, right. just don't see enough play. Whether it's because they're, frankly, not great, which we'll see plenty of those, or just uh, hidden, hidden little, like ooh. Um, well, now Andy, you say not great. I say niche. Okay. Yeah. I think just about every other, all of the cards that, that we're going to talk about are going to be good in in at least a particular deck. Yeah, at least that's the way I look at it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna suggest a card out here and and say that this is a good card, but you shouldn't run it in any commander deck. There are decks where these cards belong, and some where they don't. But um, these are older cards that you're probably not going to see. I mean, they can have reprints, but for the most part, most of them don't. Um, and that's part of the reason why you probably haven't you probably haven't seen them yet. So yeah. uh, we thought we'd take an opportunity to show show a few of these off for you. Yeah. And Andy, I think we're talking about was it Red Instance this week, right? Yes. Previously, we've talked about enchantments. We've talked about sorceries. Now we're halfway through Instance. Uh, but I think overall, my experience with this was once I started digging for these treasures, there were a lot of them. It was surprising how much I went, oh, I want to figure out how to play this. Yeah. The only one I noticed was, I mean, it's red, their instance, so you're going to get a lot of direct damage spells. Mm. There's just a lot of them. We're not going to include Lightning Bolt because that's not going to meet the EDH rec criteria. It's in too many decks. But um, And that's true, at least, of some of the more popular instance that, that you would know. Um, so... Just because we didn't pick the one you were thinking of, it's likely because it was just a little too popular. So, But yeah, that's the part that I noticed was a lot of direct damage. I tend to shy away from a lot of that now just because doing you know a little bit of direct damage once in a commander game, oftentimes I don't think that's enough for a card. So I tended to move away from that just a little bit. But uh, I mean, we go all over the place. So Oh, for sure. Do you wanna do you wanna start us off? I will start us off. So uh, my first card, it's uh, cost one and a red. It's called Headlong Rush. Uh, obviously, an instant attacking creatures gain first strike until the end of the turn. Now, it's an instant, so it doesn't have to be your turn. So if you've got an opponent attacking another opponent, you can mess with combat pretty badly doing this. I mean, for the most part, who's getting who? You're gonna use it on your own stuff. Because you know it's coming, uh, and you're going to wait for the right opportunity. A lot of times you're swinging in, mostly to see if they decide to block. And if they decide to block, then you can punish them for it. And if they decide to let stuff through, 
oh, you know what? I'm just going to keep that card in my hand, wait for the next turn, and I'll run it then for one in a, for for essentially two mana. This is very easy, and uh, I mean, the picture tells tells the full story. You're running this in <laughs> goblin decks. You're running this in decks that have a lot of creatures because just the mass of first strike alone is just going to be brutal. Yeah. So this this goes real well in like a like a Rakdos deck where you've got like Death Touch or I mean. You know, just just anything that either either you're going death touch with this or you're going wide with this. Uh, yes, it's it's great. I mean, this has so many. This is less niche than I thought it would be, um, <laughs> but I, I I dig it. This isn't something I think you're going to want to see in a lot of your dragon decks. <laughs> Flying is generally enough evasion, and when you've got a creature that big, the first strike is not as important, but. When you're talking on the ground, and like you said, Andy, I mean, I hadn't even thought about Death Touch, and yeah, that makes perfect sense. Death Touch and First Strike are a, a delightful, a delightful combo. So anytime sure. you can get those two together, that's the way to go. So yeah. So just before we go on to yours, yeah, I gotta read the flavor text. Oh. A landslide of goblins poured toward the defenders, tumbling, rolling, and bouncing their way down the steep hillside. I love it. That's great. That's 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 joyful. Um, this is in 137 decks. Um, but speaking of death touch, my next one Ooh. is called Brawl. Um, just uh, not necessarily you know gives things death touch, but uh, it goes well with things with death touch. Uh, Brawl is three red red, and for an instant until end of turn, all creatures gain. Oh, never mind. I read this horribly wrong. All creatures gain this creature deals damage equal to its power to target creature. Uh, this is still very exciting. This uh, is symmetrical. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and people will do anything uh, in response. So it's just gonna it's gonna be like uh, shoot, what is it? There was one that came out uh, last year where it was like, you have thing fight person to your left, or whatever. Picture Apex Althasaur, but without that level of control. The, the, the best part about this, you play it, and then it becomes a case of who's going to tap first, because everything stacks. Mm. <laughs> and then when it all goes backwards it all goes back up um, and you can really mess with stuff yeah I think the biggest thing here is that these are all punches and not fights right uh, so like it's it's a chain of things and sometimes the chain might loop back on itself this is as uh, as chaos as you want as, as you're gonna get with red Without actually just you know swapping swapping ownership of cards. The thing I like about Brawl is that if one of your opponents has a large creature that is menacing the entire board, it won't take long for the other opponents to recognize what's happening here, and they can gang tackle that one creature. So you can have five creatures all tap to do one point of damage to that seven five creature. That seven five creature can only tap and do seven damage to one target creature. So they're going to take down that 1-1. One, one. So in one of those situations where maybe it's better when you only have a bunch of 1-1s, one, maybe it's better when, uh, or maybe you're in a better situation where you've got creatures with very large toughness so that you can 
uh, so that you're not the one being targeted. Uh, it just it becomes one of this. It becomes this dance as far as when you're going to play this. Um, so this also goes quite nicely with standard bearer. Uh, yes, one and a white, one one. If a an opponent plays a spell or ability that could target a flag bearer in play, that player chooses at least one flag bearer as a target. So as you're you know fighting all their stuff, they can only fight the standard bearer um, right. in response. So very cool. Yeah, no, um, I like this one. That's a lot yeah. of fun. Uh, and this was in 252 decks. Perfect. My next one, Blood Frenzy. Also only two mana, it's one in a red. It reads, uh, you can ca- or cast this spell only before the combat damage step. Target attacking or blocking creature gets plus four, plus zero until the end of the turn. Destroy that creature at the beginning of the next end step. Now, sure. I played this card a bunch. The joy with this one is it's a great way to, one, you can tack on four damage to an opponent, if you you know you're swinging in with a bunch of one ones, one of the ones that gets through gets the plus four. So you do five points of damage instead of instead of one. Yes, you lose your creature. Oh well, it was a one one. You weren't dying about that. <laughs> or you can save it so that when you're attacking, you look at the you look at how at how they block, and then make a decision if you want you know ah I see an opportunity to take out one of their creatures and my creature's going to die anyway. There, what's there, then the downside on this gets it just disappears, and you can use it there. Um, the other way to use it, just as as a way to destroy a creature, and I uh, sure you can only you can only cast the spell only only before the combat damage step, but you can make this work. So uh, it's just it's just joyful. I love this. I love playing this on other opponents' combat steps or just before their combat step, yeah. so that. Essentially, oh great! Now they have a, a four, you know, a four, plus four plus zero creature. Yeah, fine. It's dead at the end of this turn, so they get uh, they've got one one shot with it. But you're getting rid of it, and a lot of times you're using it on, you know, on that creature that never attacks, but has that ability that you just want want gone. So, well, you have to. Oh yeah, I guess if it's blocking, yeah, because um, it has to be part of combat. But it's great. Especially, you know, like you were saying, like in other people's combat steps, because it's just the rare uh, direct or uh, like targeted removal in red. You know, like it's it's not right. it's not damage based, and that's excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, so right, because I mean, it, the restriction as far as when you can cast it isn't really a restriction. I mean, right. cast it only only before the combat damage step. Well, okay, but. Once, once I know where that cart, where that creature is attacking, it's not coming at me. Here, get an extra plus four. Maybe you can take out one of your one of the opponent's creatures that I want dead anyway. Yeah. And your dude's also going to die. This yeah. is, yeah, this is all upside. Uh, and like like you said, it's a two da- it's a two mana uh, creature creature destruction spell. I really like that. Yeah, it's great. So it is in. Oof, 828 decks. Okay. So it's in a few more, but it's still there. My my next one is also targeted removal. Ah. Um, it's called Fissure. And sure, it's three red red, so it's five mana for an instant, which is a lot. But it says bury target land or creature. And this 
is excellently flexible. I think the five mana is absolutely worth it uh, because, like we were talking about, you don't get targeted removal in red very often. But you also get rid of Mazes of Ith. You get rid of, like, you yes. you force their hand on their, their wasteland. Um, you get, you know, uh, Gaia's Cradle type things. Um, it's I appreciate that there are cheaper ways to destroy a land, but this is getting a land or a creature. So if you happen to be in that game where everybody's land just produces mana, you're not really that interested in, in, wiping, in taking out one of their lands. There's always a creature to take out. Yeah. Maybe five mana is a little, a little on the heavy side, but it's an instant. And you do have that flexibility. There are plenty of games where that Maze of Ith or that, uh, I, don't, I don't know, take your, take your pick. Or, yeah, like, exactly. any, like any of your, uh, what's the blue-green one we always talk about? Alchemist Refuge. Uh, Alchemist Refuge. Um, yeah, oh yeah there's, there's piles of them out there that sometimes they just, that Rogue's Passage doesn't get enough attention. You can get rid of that Rogue's Passage with this. Mm. That can be a that can be a big boon for some. But, yeah. for, uh, for yeah. but I think even especially in mono red, if you're playing mono red, like there's there's not enough single target removal, especially at in, at instant speed. Right. Um, and this does that, and that's excellent. Fissure is in five hundred and thirty one. We we are roaring along here. My next yeah. about face. This costs one red. One red. It reads, switch target creatures, power and toughness until the end of the turn. That's it. This is so, this is so much better than people, than people realize. There are so many times when making that flip just does so much. Whether it's, whether your creature's taking direct damage and it's not, you know, and it's a 4-2 or... Or you are, um, you know, you're swinging in with something that's a two four, and you get to, and now you're going to get to flip it. Um, you've got opponents who are coming in, and you need to switch switch the power and toughness. And it also it also changes the effects. That's the other part. So it, so that uh, locks it on Warhammer, giving it plus three plus zero. Now gives it plus zero plus three. Uh, it. All of this sort of thing is just, I love the way that sets up. I love the flexibility yeah. it offers. Um, obviously, you're looking at a combat-centric deck, but... Uh, you're in red. <laughs> you're in red, and that's the kind of decks I like to play anyway. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've I've been lucky enough to run about face uh, against, against someone who's playing Doran. Uh, and that was a whole lot of fun, because suddenly about face is a kill spell, because it destroys their commander. <laughs> Doran has zero power? Uh, yeah, I believe Doran's a zero Oof. five. Amazing. Yeah. yeah, and like that's the great thing, right? Um, and I like that it's not it's not base power and toughness, which is kind of what no. you're saying. Um, and like, yeah, if, you look, if you, even if, you know, say like uh, you're up against a 2-4, and uh, you have two power something yeah. you know like a two a two two fours against each other right they hit right. each other for two power uh and now one they're both two fours with two damage marked and you flip one of them now it's a four two with two damage marked and it dies and like that's right 
that's the big brain plays here with red. Yes. There's there. And there's so many ways to do this. Like you can do it before combat. If it's one of these situations where you just don't want them to swing at all. Like I'm not looking to block. So I'm going to take your, your two seven or your seven, two creature, whatever, and just flip it. So now you're like, well, it's not even worth my trouble. Great, now I stopped you from swinging at all. I don't even lose a creature because you're now you're you're just not swinging. I don't have to put anything in front of it. I don't have to risk not you know. It's just all kinds of benefits for this card, and I really you know I really appreciate that in an inst- in an instant that costs one red. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, I'll I'll take that. So about face is in two hundred and seventy nine decks on EDA truck. Uh, my next one, my third one, yeah. uh, is three and a red. It's called Warpath. It's an instant. Oh-ho. It says Warpath deals three damage to each blocking creature and each blocked creature. So attacking and blocking creatures, both. Uh, I'll start it with this. This is only in 43 decks. And in <laughs> a multiplayer format, that's insane. Uh, this card does wonders on any of your opponent's, uh, combat steps, especially the ones that you're not involved in. Oh, Um, yes. So, say you have an opponent who attacks your other two opponents, and you use this after combat damage is done. Because there's that, you know, the, the Josh Lee Kwai of, uh, you've got that tiny moment after combat damage is done, but you're still in combat, um... This can de- finish off the rest of every combated creature. Um, or, e- I mean, even you're in red. You're playing a lot of small things. Sure, it'll yes. kill a bunch of your stuff, but you just, you're going to be playing it out again. You know, it, it, like, you're much less worried about your creatures, especially when you have this spell. You know, like, it's not like it's coming out of nowhere. You're playing it when you do. Um,. I look at this and I think to myself, the red goblin player who is being forced to chump block or who has to deal with these oversized creatures that they just can't deal with, your creatures are going to die anyway if you block. So what is Warpath going to do? Add three more damage onto a creature that's already dead? It doesn't matter at that point. At that point, it's just three damage onto the player that's attacking you. It's just hammers in the other piece with warpath is if you got a way to show it off while it's still in your hand now maybe you you know whoops and it falls falls onto the table and you pick it back up maybe it's in your graveyard and you can get it back into your hand however if your if your opponents know you have this suddenly six one ones coming in does it make sense to block because whatever you block with is gonna die so unless you're blocking with one ones already uh there's no profitable way to block so suddenly they become less reluctant to do that it can also be a case of if they know it's there they're not nobody's attacking anyone Mm. Because, I mean, the 5-5 five, five that comes in and gets blocked by a 2-2 two, two is still dying. Who's swinging into that? So, it's, uh, 
it can be interesting on both sides, whether it's a surprise or whether people know it's coming. For sure. And I think the niches that this fits in are actually like many. Like I think that there are a yeah. lot of niches that this fits in. Uh, first, I mean, of course, my first idea was Mardu aristocrats, mm-hmm. um, where you're going to be wanting your stuff dead anyway. Um, and if you pull this out, it's it's one of the few cards in your deck that it's good outside of the deck. Um, right. Um, but also uh, lure decks. Like if you're playing a creature that lures everything, if if it has to be blocked by everything, then this is great. You know, like it will have all of one person's creatures blocking a thing and then... You play this post damage. Um, there was a third one that I thought of. Uh, oh, <laughs> Fire Song and Sunspeaker. Thank you. I was just about to say it. I'm like, ah, <laughs> ah, yes. Because oh it gives God. it lifelink. Right. And even if an opponent is swinging at another opponent, or they're swinging at you. I mean, sure, you're, you're going to give up a few creatures because you have to make them blocked. But, man, that's a lot of damage. You know, if somebody swings with four creatures and somebody else uses two to block, then t- there are two attacking or two creatures that were blocked and two creatures that are blocking. So four creatures are each going to take three damage. That's 12 damage or 12 life you've just gained with Angel Song, with, with uh, Fire, Fire Song and Sunspeaker. Sun and that's in a situation where only two creatures got blocked. Mm. I mean, sometimes it's more than that. <laughs> oh yeah, no, this is that's a great one. Okay, so my last one. Uh, it's three mana. It's two and a red. It's demoralize. Each creature can't be blocked this turn except by two or more creatures. In other words, all creatures gain menace until the end of the turn. Now. You could say all creatures gain menace. The benefit of this is, obviously, if you're swinging, then it's you're the attacker. You've got all the attacking creatures. They get menace. If you've got opponents swinging at each other, you can still play this. It doesn't say your creatures. It says all creatures. But so, Bruce. Yes. You didn't finish the card. Well, the threshold. So if you have seven or more cards in your graveyard, creatures can't block this turn. What? So... In the right deck, this is essentially swing out. No one, no one can block. Um, in the wrong deck, this is still all your creatures get menace. Uh, anybody who's played against anybody else who's running, who, who's running cards that give their creatures menace understands how difficult this is. There are a lot of games in Commander where you don't have four creatures. And if you don't have four creatures, you can't even block two. Anybody playing Demoralize is coming in with more than two creatures. So, yeah. so you're looking at taking some damage here. Um, yeah, this is this is such a treat. Um, it's I, yeah, it's I a weird one. one. It's a weird. Oh, one. it definitely is. I think the weirdest part is the fact that it's an instant. Like, what what are the what's the where do you play this if not sorcery speed? You know, I guess I you mean, go into I, combat and then you play it. Like, yes. You go into like, combat and play it, or you go into combat, declare the attackers, but before blockers are declared, I'm going to play this. It's like, just a, yeah, like it's just a weird timing to, thing. Right, I mean, if you played it before, 
Yeah. I... It's it's not hugely influential that it's an instant, but it's like a real cool card. I love it. Right. And if you're playing it on an opponent's turn, I guess maybe you're looking to encourage them to swing with more creatures so you play it earlier. I don't know. I don't know. But it it's really throws things out there, and I think yeah. that it's... Uh, it's real. This is a fun card, and as somebody who's looked for threshold a few times, if you're not trying to get there, it can be a little difficult. But far less so nowadays. There are so many decks that mill, so many cards that end up, you know, draw and discard a card. Getting to seven cards in your graveyard just isn't that hard. So uh, I think most times you're not going to. You, the menace part is going to be cute, but. No one's blocking. So, so my last one. I was gonna go without maneuver. If you don't know out maneuver, we've talked about it on the show before. Go check it out. Real cool card. But <laughs> I wanted to save this last spot for Blind Fury. This card is two red red instant. All creatures lose trample until end of turn. Double all combat damage assigned to creatures this turn. Uh this hoses your opponent's attack. Your opponent. It swings out with, say, Crater Hoof. Swings right. out. Expecting you to block, maybe, but, like, expects to win. So they they aren't holding anything back. You play this. You block everything. Now they're wide open for three more players to attack. Right. Uh, this, this isn't a game-winning card. But this is a uh, stop the game from ending card. Like, and not in necessarily in like a cyclonic rift kind of way. In like a, this is just a cool different way to stop somebody's yeah. progress. This isn't rift and it isn't fog. You know, fog just means I've stopped this from happening for one turn. And on the next turn, I'm still going to get whomped. This one, it's like, I have stopped this. I likely don't have any creatures myself, but you certainly don't either. <laughs> and that's, yeah, I mean, and then there's two other opponents who can yeah. now look at the guy who was about to end the game for you and say, hmm, this is the guy we need to deal with. And who's to say? You're playing red. Maybe you have a lot of first strike. Maybe you will kill their stuff. So Maybe, maybe. Um, I, I like the symmetrical effect of double all combat damage assigned to creatures this turn. Um, yeah. I like that you can pull this out after blockers are declared. Right. Um, just to make sure that they don't, like, you know, I don't know. No funny stuff. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love this card. And would you believe it? This is in 164 decks. Um, I, I I need to pick up a place out of this one. That yeah, That is a fun card. As I, far as I can see, the only real downside to this one is, is the four mana cost. Yeah, but but yeah. you're you're playing this to save your hide at the end of a game. You've probably mm -hmm. got some extraneous mana here and there. Now the joy is that if you can play it with already with one of the other double, you know, double damage enchantments that Red has, uh, you know, it really ramp things up a bit. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. The same thing. I say the same thing after the end of each of these. Temple Stretch, check out some of these older cards. Um, remember, a lot of times these are, well, these are cards that were made back in the day when multiplayer magic, forget about even Commander, but they didn't think multiplayer magic was a thing. 
So you're going to find a lot of cards back then that either they're going to be lousy in multiplayer because they don't consider multiple opponents, or they're going to be really good. Um, and there's you can find these gems out there and cards that you know don't think about the fact that you might not be involved in the in in, in the damage in, in combat damage. There are all kinds of stuff like this. It's great to take a peek at some of these older cards and uh, and go for them. Um, and I will say, I think most of the ones we po we looked at here probably weren't worth more than fifty cents each. So yeah. Um, so it isn't like I pulled. It isn't like we pulled something off the reserve list that costs you know forty five dollars or something. Not this time. Not this time. Done that before, but not this time. So it's just something to keep in mind. Yeah, I think that'll do it for us this week for Temple's Treasures. Uh, I again go check out these cards. Um, have fun with it. Let us know your your own little little treasures. That's that's gonna do it. Uh, we're Temple of False Pod, where decks are not optimized, but our plays sure as heck are fun. I'm Andy. I'm Bruce. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. If you're on YouTube, if you're on YouTube, press the subscribe button. You, you get to see all the cards on the screen. It's it's great. High production quality. Yeah, but uh, have a great night. Play some magic for me, and may your fifth land be the temple. Bye. Wait, wait. Before you go, I uh, just wanted to say thank you for listening. You can reach out to us via email at falsepodmtg at gmail.com or on Twitter at falsepodmtg. Bruce is at manaburned and I'm at andyweekend, though you'll definitely notice I use the podcast Twitter far more often. Now that we've got you here, make sure you subscribe, like, rate us on uh, whatever podcast platform you use. It helps us out. It gets us more reach. Subscribe to us on our YouTube channel. Uh, like a video there. Leave some comments for more casual enjoyment. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with some more timeless discussions about all things casual. So come hang out, and may your fifth land be the temple. Bye-bye. Should I do my best, Bruce? Bye! Bye.